Hey, this is Ross King, and you're listening to Unfinished, a limited series podcast where I take you song by song through the writing and recording process of my newest record, also called Unfinished. For me, the process of making a record is emotional and thrilling and exhausting and all kinds of other things, and I look forward to taking you inside and sharing with you some of the stories of the journey. Thanks for joining me. Let's dive in. In lots of ways, things I'm afraid of, it was kind of a convergence of all these different ways I've been approaching songwriting over the last few years. You know, if you follow what I do, and I'm not assuming that you do, but if you follow what I do, you you may have noticed that I do this thing where I try to kind of retell a Bible story or even even re, re sort of exegete a Bible verse. And I'll try to do it in a way that's kind of conversational or maybe kind of twists up the language in a way that's fresh or something. And so, you know, th- this song was me doing that with, with Psalm 23. You always take me, make me lie down in peaceful fields. But another thing I like to do is I just really want to make sure that the song lands as beautifully as it takes off. So if your chorus starts with something really melodic or beautiful or interesting or poetic or profound, I want to make sure the chorus ends with that same level of beauty and power. So oftentimes I don't even start working on a song until I have the landing. This isn't always the case, but sometimes the landing will come first and then I'll be like, oh, that's where it lands. That's going to be really cool. I need to build the song up to that level. So I had this line, the things that I'm afraid of are afraid of God or are afraid of you talking to God. So that that felt strong. And and, and so um, I just sort of sat with that for, for, for a long time and thought about my own fears. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of fears about failure and about not providing for my family. Um, I have fears about being irrelevant, fears about getting old, fears about not doing a good job parenting my children or being a good, not being a good husband or any, lots of stuff, you know. And I wouldn't say I'm a fearful person, but I definitely do have those kinds of things that roll around in my head. And so I was thinking about all of that and thinking, man, I really, I really believe that at whatever to whatever extent those things can be personified, those things are afraid of God. You know, God. Um, you know, there's that passage about you know uh, the demons know the name of Jesus and they tremble. You know, knowing it. And and I've also been over the last five or six years probably been fascinated by this idea that there really is a an organized demonic plan against our lives. Not, not, not to sound crazy or, or, you know, sort of spiritually conspiratorial, but there is an organized plan against our lives to destroy us. That's, that, that's clear. And I've been wondering, um, you know, if it's sometimes not what we think it is. You know, if it's, if it's less uh, red-skinned, uh, pitchfork-carrying creatures and more um, this sort of subtle psychological and emotional and um, mental and even political and all, all, all those levels, you know. So 
I just, I just kept all that rolling around in my head, and I was, and I, and I, I probably wrote four or five different choruses to the song, and I would, you know, I would play with this little idea, um, and I would be like, you know, think. Things that I'm afraid of are afraid of you. Or things that I'm afraid of are afraid of you. Or, you know, whatever. I had different ways. I knew that it was kind of landing afraid of, afraid of, need to ha- needed to have like a rhythmic kind of symmetry to it, you know. And, and I, really, I really liked that way of doing it. So anyway, at some point I was reading the Psalms and I was kind of back into Psalm 23 and I had, for as long as I can remember, I had been kind of mystified by this phrasing in, in the early part of Psalm 23, where it says, he makes me lie down. I grew up hearing God's a gentleman. He'll never do anything without asking, which I think is is probably kind of hogwash. But but hearing God, hearing the Psalm say, he makes me, sure, that, that didn't sound very gentlemanly. It didn't sound very polite. You know, I felt like, I, I remember thinking... Should this say he invites me to lie down, or he encourages me to lie down, or he really wants me to to lie down? But it said he makes me, and I and so I went searching through the translations to see if there was some version of this that wasn't makes me, and I just couldn't find one everywhere that I went. It just said the same basic idea, and so I just thought, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Maybe maybe he makes me because I wouldn't if he didn't make me. You know, I would just keep running around, keep working, keep hustling, keep trying to solve this, trying to find my own way. And the Lord is saying, lay down. I'm going to have to make you lay down because you're not going to do it if I don't make you. And so that kind of opened up a whole world to me that felt congruent, that that, that felt tied to this idea of fear. Because, you know, I don't lie down because I'm afraid to to stop moving. I'm afraid to fully release control. I'm afraid that if I don't get it done, it won't get done. <sighs> Man, and just thinking about that now, I just get I just I just get a, an interesting heavy kind of a feeling. So I so I I pressed into that idea of the Lord having this kind of forceful way of loving me that was um that was necessary for for me to 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 submit to him and to get the kind of stuff that he was offering you know that I wasn't necessarily going to receive what he had for me if I was left to my own devices to my own preferences so then I started I started looking through the whole passage with that kind of mindset and with that grid so you know then you have this you know he leads me beside some quiet stream and he says do you hear that sound at the of the stream that's the sound of peace and i would like to give you that peace and then he takes me into a valley that is named very dramatically the valley of the death shadows you know the valley where death casts its shadow over the whole over the whole thing and he and it says in that in that section that I'm comforted by the rod in his hand. And it occurred to me, maybe this is the same rod he used to make me lie down. And with me, he was gentle. But if he really put his weight behind it and leaned in, that rod would do some serious damage to any 
any threats that came against me. And so I'm comforted knowing that my shepherd uh, has that rod in his hand. And then he makes a meal for me in front of everyone that hates me. And it's a feast. And so it's a sort it's sort of like if you can picture this, it's sort of like a big glass house, and all around the house are ev- all of your enemies, uh, and they're having to stand outside the glass house and watch the Lord throw a party for you and feed you your favorite foods. And it says, "My cup runs over." So that that means he's pouring drinks every time your glass is empty, he fills it up again. And it says that he anoints your head, my head, with oil. That's what they did for kings and queens. That's how, you know, that if you go back to the story of uh, David um, being anointed as king, you know, they poured oil on his head. And that kind of forceful but extremely intimate care, deliberate care, is, is the goodness and mercy that follows me all the days of my life. And so that that uh, that all that was just running through my head, you know. But I didn't want to write something that felt really sweet and um, soft. I wanted this to feel like it had guts and teeth, because you know the season of life I had been in felt like it needed guts and teeth to get through. Right, my slow and you know laborious victory over. And through depression wasn't soft and sweet. It was gritty and raw and emotionally kind of violent. And, 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 if, and again, if you follow what I do, which again, not assuming that you do, you, you might could see this thread of these kinds of gritty, raw, slightly forceful themes in my recent writing, maybe the last you know eight or nine years, you know, you, you have something like a Shame is a chain, love is a hammer, which has a certain like intensity to it, you know, smashing chains with hammers, you know, love having that kind of, that kind of aggression associated with it, you know, and then you get into something like he is not safe or this ain't over. These are songs from my older, my my last few years catalog. So that there's just like a thread of like kind of tough, gritty, uh, raw kind of ways to look at this. And so I was still in that mode. This was probably kind of the last bit of that I needed to get out. And so I wanted this to have a lot of um, intensity. And on top of that, I'd spent four or five years depressed and having anxiety. And I knew how that felt. And I didn't really want like a sweet, comforting song. I wanted like a forceful, protective, defender, fighting words kind of song to sum all this up. So... I'd been working for a couple of years, for several years, really, with Benjamin Backus and Mark Campbell, two friends of mine, excellent producers, writers, musicians themselves. And so I just went to them and said, hey, I've got this idea and I want to work on a record, you know. And of course, at the time, I didn't realize it was going to take me two years to do do the record, but um, I had this idea and I want to show it to you guys. And I honestly didn't know if it was really good or just okay. Like a 
truth The things that I'm afraid of are afraid of you You know, looking back, it's it's been my biggest, in terms of like streams and stuff, it's been far and away my biggest song ever. But I didn't know. You don't, you don't, like, I'm terrible at this. I'm terrible at knowing what's going to what's going to connect and what's going to flop, you know? Um, and you'll hear more about that as, as I go through these songs, but, but I shared it with them. They responded really well. And then they came back. Their early drafts of the song had this kind of, the bones of it felt very unusual and the sonic quality had a shocking element to it. You know, this boom, 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 all that stuff, you know, it just felt very otherworldly and, and it felt like emotional health struggles, like in the best way. It felt like they had tapped into some kind of intangible way of expressing how it feels to be fighting through depression. When my depression is affecting every ounce of me I can get the medication and the counseling Still I can hear the fear calling out to me And I don't feel brave but I don't have to be Hey, let's take a second and hear from my good buddy Mark Campbell who along with Ben Backus produced this record and this song. So one of my favorite parts about working with Ross is that he's great at getting an acoustic guitar vocal demo, more than a demo really, just a great capture recording of the song at its core. And after that, he does this crazy thing where he pretty much just lets me and Bacchus do whatever we want. So we listen to what he sends us and typically just let our minds swing on the monkey bars, jump on the playground. And for things I'm afraid of, that manifested itself in this kind of crazy sample that starts the song, which is the sound of a floppy disk. If you don't know what a floppy disk is, you're going to have to look it up. And we layered that with this pulsing bass from a Juno synthesizer. And that really kind of set the tone for what kind of world we wanted to live in for the song. Just really free, creative. Um, I know we were listening, we were all listening to a lot of John Bellion at that point, and that just kind of unlocked these different rooms in our minds. Uh, and it was just really fun and freeing and honest and authentic. And I think Ross's songwriting really takes us by the hand and pulls us into that kind of place from the get-go. Things that I'm afraid of are afraid of you. In previous songs, uh, I'd spoken cryptically about depression and anxiety, but you know, I've just always been drawn to plain speech. You know, one of my creeds, kind of my creeds of songwriting, is prophecy, poetry, and plain speech. Prophecy being speak the hard truth of God. Poetry meaning you know, speak beautifully and artistically and plain speech, meaning simply, you know, say what you mean to say and sometimes say it as as bluntly and frankly as you can to make sure no one misses it. You know, and so I was balancing those those elements and I just thought, I, I think I need to speak plainly about depression, anxiety, medication, counseling. So if you listen into the song, uh, the two pre-choruses have these little moments where I get super blunt and plain about it. You know, the first one has, um, it gets so overcome with anxiety, like an enemy living inside of me, you know. And then the second one 
when my depression is affecting every ounce of me, I can get medication and counseling. So all four of those words show up in a very overt and explicit way. My commitment was, I'm going to use those words. These are the words people use. I'm going to use the words. They're not very religious words. They might feel odd in a Christian song. They're not very songy kind of words, but I'm going to use them in hopes that there'll be no mistake what I'm talking about. You know, just pull back the veil on that in some way. Those are my moments of kind of like, hey, let's let, let's step out of the artistic, metaphoric Psalm 23 world and into the literal world of what it's like to deal with these things. And it was it was uh, it was really really cleansing and healing for me to get that stuff out, and ultimately to say to the world, you know, or whatever part of the world that listens, whatever tiny fraction of the world that listens to my music, to say, um, hey, I love Jesus and I trust Him and I believe in Him and I follow Him, and depression wrecks me and I get really afraid and. Uh, I sometimes take m- medication and go to counseling to get through these things. Something I realize that's really important to me is to find this balance um, in in talking about hard things. I, I remember um, I, I wrote a song with J.J. Heller and her husband Dave called Braver Still. That that song was basically that, that idea. I brought that idea to them because I'd written this card for my son's um, 10-year birthday, my son Jude, and I can't remember exactly what the card said, but I, but I said something like, the bad news is that the world is just as scary as you think it might be. It's really bad out there. And the good news is the Lord can make you braver still. And that's where that, that idea came from. But, but, but that sort of balance of those two things is really important to me, you know, not, not to undersell the bad news and be kind of falsely happy uh, about about everything, um, but not to oversell the bad news in a way that is defeatist, right? Or that says there's no hope. And so that's kind of what I wanted to do with the with the sonic palette of the song and with the words. And you know, Ben and Mark did this terrific job of helping me find this balance of talking about things with with intensity and with some kind of aggression and uh, the song having almost kind of a of an ominous feel but that releasing into this very celebrative powerful kind of chorus and i really i i i want to believe that we accomplished it and did it well but uh yeah that that became the song that set the stage for uh the rest of the record and it scared me half to death But you're with me everywhere I go So I don't give up yet My fear would surely kill me If I didn't know the truth The things that I'm afraid of are afraid of I really hope that this song is a comfort to people I don't have any illusions that it's going to cure people of their depression and writing it certainly didn't didn't do that for me but I just think we all want to feel known and understood and on top of that 
we all want to find this balance of confessing that we are afraid, that we are ashamed, that we are nervous, that we are scared, that we are worried, that we are stressed out. And we can sin in doing some of that. But a lot of that's just us working through the difficulties of life. But there's something freeing about being able to fully confess those things and then also say, okay, I believe that it's going to get better. And I believe that all this stuff that really is scary, that really does exist and really does scare me, all that stuff is still subject to and um, under the authority of Jesus. And it's not even close. It's not like he... He's barely winning that contest, right? He's winning effortlessly. And his love for me is so great that when he exerts that love and leans in with all his weight, uh, man, it's, it, it's, it's scarier than anything that scares me. Probably my favorite part of the song is the very end before the last chorus it just says there's no place where the demons won't find me but just wait till they see who's standing behind me there's no place where the demons won't find me but just wait till they see who's standing behind me i walk through the valley of shadows and it scared me you know one other thing that feels kind of important to say is that when you're building a production, there can be all these different moments when you realize, oh, this song is almost there, but it needs something. And a lot of times you don't even know what that is. And I'd been working a lot with a friend of mine named Joel Rousseau, who is an extremely good musician, singer, instrumentalist, producer, songwriter, just a, just an all-around kind of genius. And Joel and I had been writing a lot of music together for Sync, so like for um, TV and film and ads and stuff. And I noticed that when we do that music, Joel could always stack a ton of vocals and make himself sound like a choir. And I just kind of thought, wait, what if, what if the end of this song has a huge choir, but I probably can't afford a huge choir? I wonder if Joel could do that. So both on this version of the song and on the acoustic version, which closes out the, the, the record... You, you'll hear a choir on the last chorus. And there's a little bit of BGVs in there um, from Ben and Mark. And then on the acoustic version of this song that closes the record, there's a, there's a, my, my wife is singing some. But that huge choir that you hear, that's all Joel. Walk through the valley of shadows And you scared me half to death But you're with me everywhere I go So I don't give up yet my I'd always had this picture of God being, you know, the toughest kid in the playground. And I am facing all of my foes, you know, at recess. And they're about, they, they close in around me and they're about to crush me. And I close my eyes and raise my little fragile 10-year-old fists and just wait for the barrage of blows. And then suddenly, uh, silence and, and the sound of you know receding footsteps. And I open my eyes and the, the bullies have all left. And behind me stands the biggest kid in the school who is for me and has scared off all the people that scare me. That's the heart of the song. And 
you know, that some of that's just my own weird little, you know, uh, ways of viewing the Lord. But for me, it was this great comfort to know that God wasn't just loving toward me. He was also exceedingly, unendingly powerful. And that both of those things come to bear in my relationship with him and his relationship with me, that he loves with great power and his power is full of great love. When I am shaking and my heart's pounding, you always take me, make me lie down in peaceful fields where I can clear my head. Cause I get so overcome with anxiety Like there's an enemy living inside of me Like a mocker yelling out, telling lies to me And I don't feel brave, but I don't have to be Cause I walk through the valley of shadows And it scared me half to death But you're with me everywhere I go So I don't give up yet My fear would surely kill me If I didn't know the truth The things that I'm afraid of are afraid